Hello, everybody. This is David Goldsmith, and welcome to another edition of Redefining Tomorrow. It's here where we discuss topics that help you to redefine your future, maybe to cover topics that redefine how we live on this planet or any other type of redefining you might consider. One quote that I've lived by most of my life is that you can't fix yesterday, you can only create tomorrow. And today, we're going to be redefining tomorrow. We have an incredible guest today with us. His name is Tony Verb. How are you, Tony? I'm good. Good to talk to you as always. Thank you. We're going to be exploring a topic. The title is Carbonless. Now, let me share with you a little bit about Tony. Tony and I have lived together in Hong Kong for years. He's an amazing individual. He's a combination of several different categories. He's an entrepreneur. He's venture space. He loves to build community. And one of the things I admire about Tony is he's got the ability to bring together people from all over the world. And the topic of carbonless, we're going to hear how he can bring us all together. So Tony, do you have an outline for us? Yes, I have six bullet points for you. Um, okay. Let me just give you those six as I've been instructed. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. <laughs> number one is impact number two is 2047 number three is urbanization number four is urban tech number five is carbon tech number six is carbon less Okay. I, I am going to give you credit that these are the shortest titles I've ever had in over uh, about 190 <laughs> interviews. Uh, uh, for some of you, first time listening in, uh, or if you listened before, I never know what's going to be spoken about on any of the podcasts. I do not have the outline in advance. We don't talk about the topic. We come up with the title and we go from there. So this was kind of enjoyable. I could actually keep up. So Tony, <laughs> I mean, normally I'm like, whoa, I can't. My okay. honor. My yeah. Honor. So you, you won an award. I don't know what that is, but it's an award. <laughs> it's a hug next time I see you when we're allowed to actually hug. Done. Okay. What a win. What a win. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with number one, Tony. Let's start with impact. Teach me something. Well, if you, if you know, don't mind, David, I, I also uh, structured these bullet points in a way that tells my my story. Um, right. You know that I like to tell my story, but this I, is a I, very I, I want to hear your story. Okay, <laughs> I do. I do want to hear your story. This is a very, very new story, quite frankly, because I never talked to anyone uh, in a public setting uh, to carbonless, meaning public that I would know that someone else is listening or <laughs> going to listen to the conversation. I'm only talking to you now, so it's very private, yes. but it won't, it will not be private forever. And I know you, you do know that you and I met over a story. Remind me more or less. We met at, uh, the, your birthday party. Wasn't that one of the first times that we no, were together? No, no, I, no? no, 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 no. The first time was when, um, you were giving a keynote speech at my innovation club uh, oh, called Meta yes. for the reference of the of the of of, of others. Um, 
and it was on a Sunday. And on Sunday, this club used to be closed. And um, my very dear friend from YPO, uh, Emma, Emma. Sure, Matthews, okay, was yeah. organizing this get-together. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't want to ask any of my staff to go in on an on a Sunday to open the club. So I did go in and I, I stayed to close as well. Uh, but of course I was participating at the event, which was great. You gave a great speech and you were signing your book uh, at the end, Paid to Think. Okay. And that's how we met. I remember now. It was with Emma and the whole scenario. So we actually didn't meet over a story, didn't realize it was my story. <laughs> we met over a story. This okay. is a story. And this so, is a good story. So tell me this. Yeah, so tell me the new story. <laughs> so this is, you know, David, I think this is interesting because uh, this means we actually have known each other way longer than you think because the birthday party you think about and you refer to think was about one and a half years later. So. Okay. So we go deeper. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So impact. Um, that's number one. Um, and that how it relates to my story is that um, for the longest time, um, and that it was before I turned 30, my only goal in life was to do as many things as possible, experience as much as possible and live in as many places as possible. And um, you know that I'm sitting right now in Hong Kong and not only because I'm stuck here, but because I live here yeah. uh, for more than nine years now. I'm originally from Hungary and between Budapest where I was born and Hong Kong, I lived in another eight cities. So I delivered relatively well on my um, intention that I formulated when I was maybe 12 years old. Um, and also did a lot of different things. You, you refer to me as an entrepreneur. I was indeed an entrepreneur and I ran more than 10 different businesses between age 18 yeah. and 30. I remember and you had a, what was it, like a music festival type business. You were yeah, involved in, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, one, one interesting thing that happened to me in this, uh, in this process and on this journey, I was really honored to uh, be invited to become a global shaper of the World Economic Forum. And um, what this community does, it's a youth group, basically, you, you only uh, can join, you only could join when I was joining uh, by invitation, and um, you have to demonstrate a certain level of capacity uh, to make the world a better place without giving much bigger in, uh, explanation to this but everyone is familiar with the world economic forum and basically this is this is the the organizations under 30 mm -hmm. youth group and okay. it exists all over the world in different so. cities and and there are never more than 20 20 young people in this community in any city uh, approximately there are a couple of thousand maybe five to six thousand people worldwide in this organization okay. so the reason why this is interesting and relevant because um, I joined when I was 29 and and indeed I was in the entertainment industry building um, with a very good group of people are contributing to build uh, the now largest uh, music uh, festival in Hong Kong called Clock and Flap. Um, I was um, and I, I love Clock and Flap. Thank you for saying that. I was <laughs> using I was using these words because I didn't want to take 
you know, the credit for, 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 I didn't build the festival, we build the festival and I, I played a small part in that. Um, and, and I remember the, the night, uh, when I was already 30 years old and, and, you know, I would like to remind you that when I was 12, I decided that before I turned 30, I will do as many things as possible. And there was one night I was, uh, going with a taxi from North Point to Central in Hong Kong, probably it was 2 a.m. and I saw this beautiful, uh, view of Hong Kong and I, I asked myself, what the heck am I doing in Hong Kong? What am I doing in the entertainment industry? What now? And, and basically that led to a, a very long series of questions. And, and the question was, what was real value in life? I'm, I'm, I'm a real value focused individual. And when I, when I diluted and boiled down what I was actually doing in the entertainment industry, I realized I was not doing much more than making tens of thousands of people drunk uh, for a couple of days uh, and through other platforms and through other products uh, and, 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 and events uh, almost every weekend. So then I realized with the same amount of work and effort, um, I could do probably do more that I was putting into this very hard job actually. It's well, I, I, by the way, I never got drunk at uh, Clock and Flap. And when did, when did you arrive in You're Hong Kong? You're probably the only one. Yeah, You're well, well when, one. when did you arrive in Hong Kong then? What year? Yeah, 2011. Oh, so you arrived just at, right, the next year after me. I thought you were there longer. Okay. No. Yeah. So, and, and even in Hong Kong, I've done a lot of things, but I wouldn't, I, I won't dwell on that because I, I just want to use my storyline to, to give an arc for our conversation and, okay. and how um, not, how not obvious it is that, that I'm going to talk about, how not obvious it is that I actually talk about carbon less today. And I would like to bring hopefully, uh, others on this journey as well. So I was, I was a, uh, I was an adventurer, an opportunist that got infused with the, consciousness uh, that there's something more to life than, than entertainment money and fame and fun uh, and and big shiny objects and basically uh, my my quest became to to identify where i can create the most impact in my life i basically decided that by that as opposed to the first 30 years of my life um, where I was just going for everything for the coming, the second 30 years of my life, I will focus only on one thing. And that was an incredible decision to make, obviously, especially for a person like me who, who actually never had to commit to anything by design. Um, and, and I gave a very long thought to what the thing should be. Um, and my main criteria was, to maximize my impact in the world, positive impact, of course, in the world. I had to do something uh, that delivered on that. Um, by the time I also ran uh, a technology company that brought me to places like the Web Summit back then in Dublin, and I was absolutely mind blown by uh, the startup communities of the world. And actually, when I stepped into the Web Summit main hall, 
uh, I said, oh my God, this is something I've never seen before. It, it looked better than any music festival I had been to, although I had not been to Burning Man yet at that point. Uh, Burning Man is definitely better than Web Summit, but Web Summit is So, so wait, wait, when cool. you say you walked in, it was, di so we're talking a Web Summit, so we're actually yeah. talking uh, technology-based, and, and it's, when you say you've never seen anything like it before, was, I, I can throw out other names, what made, yeah. what made this look so different? Um, I think it was the energy, and the scale was, was nothing complex comparable to anything I've seen before in terms of technology and innovation uh, conference. There were 10,000 10, people, was it? Was it? Uh, well, I, it was more than 20,000 by the time I, I first visited Web Summit. And, uh, and it was a, a beautiful, I think it, an, an old market um, uh, exhibition hall. Yeah. And it didn't feel like an exhibition. You know, it didn't feel like a conference. It felt like a party. But there was no party. There was no music. People were pitching. You know, like all all you saw in in one conference or people pitching. But it was well lit. It was well produced. It was something really special. You know, because uh, it was somewhere between a a a concert, well organized, well produced concert or music festival, and and a a traditional trade show, so to say, where people are just buzzing with with building contents. But the energy was. Ten times uh, higher. My, my analogy went to Tech Open Air in Berlin or something. Yeah. You're actually talking. This is, Tech Open Air is not like this. This is this is a uh, a full fledged technology event, but yeah. their energy for building, creating, doing was just yeah. over the top. Correct, and and it's dubbed as the largest in the world. You know, I'm 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 not going to say that you know like Mobile World Congress oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. and CES and and Global Sources in Hong Kong like they are a bit more trade show esque, but on at scale, Web Summit is comparable and it is a conference first okay. and foremost. Um, it's unique, and and I know an awful lot of people that were convinced, just like I was on that day, because of this energy, because of this event, and through this, I really need to give uh, a good amount of credit to Petty Cosgrave, who who's the founder of Web Summit, uh, that that this event and this energy convinced a lot of people that they had to be part of this world, um, and I also realized that now, obviously. Um, having run a technology company and a non-technology company, what what made me realize that that technology is the way to maximize impact. <laughs> and so I just somehow knew that to maximize my impact, I had to be in the technology space. Having understood my own personality through the various things I did, I also realized that I was best positioned and I aspired also to be uh, a venture capital investor um, and and that's how I triangulated basically uh, where I had to be. I didn't know much more because I didn't know too much of the industry but I knew I had to be there and once I'm there I will figure out what I had to do and where I can build my my greatest impact. Um, and I will, I will cut this kind of short. I won't tell the story like what happened afterwards but I met uh, amazing people like Salim Ismail, uh, David Goldsmith, uh, Natalie Chan, 
my girlfriend. Yep. Um, that's how people, when you when you threw out that you were going to commit to one thing, I was going to ask you if Natalie was number two <laughs> or is she not on the list? But I figured I wouldn't go there. She's she's the cornerstone. She's okay. she's the foundation of everything. Uh, she's not the step. She's a stepping stone. Okay. It didn't make sense. Um, and and full disclosure, David knows Natalie very very well. Uh, and and actually, Natalie is 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 also a big part of this story. And I will I will bore okay. you for a minute with this. Uh, yep. Just just because you jumped on the topic. Uh, of course, uh, I'm uh, just, yep. <laughs> So so this was um, in in January. In a, I actually forget the year, but in January I decided this will be my path. Uh, and in July uh, I started my work. Uh, as as head of ecosystems at uh, Hong Kong's probably best known early stage venture fund uh, called Nest, uh, which was also uh, something more than a venture fund because it, uh, it has been providing corporate innovation consulting services and running accelerator programs. Um, and when I joined, we were a couple of people strong team. And then we expanded to, to other markets from Hong Kong to Bangkok, Singapore, uh, the Middle East, Africa. It was, uh, an, an amazingly exciting and insightful journey. Uh, and ultimately what I did was, uh, building the aforementioned, uh, entrepreneurs into innovation club, um, which was rather selfish if you, if you, if you want me to confess, because I just wanted to have a platform through which I can learn the most about technology, innovation, the future, tomorrow. I wanted to meet people that were redefining tomorrow so I could contribute to, to, to that process. Um, and for a good, extremely valuable two years of my life, I basically spent uh, every waking hour just by just talking to uh, enormously talented and smart people with 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 very very deep intentions and and I knew that this can I can I'm going to stop you for just one moment. Yes. There's music in the background. Is that you? Uh, it's it's the private club where I am, and this is okay. the only okay. place I. I just want to make sure because I've been looking at my screen saying, <laughs> "Do I have something on?" So okay. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. All right. So the side story, and, and obviously I've been part of uh, the, the accelerator programs and, and some of the corporate innovation consulting projects and, and so on. But the, the main thing was was building this, this platform uh, that connected people within technology innovation space for uh, to, to build better businesses and, and create more impact. I truly um, embedded this impact focus DNA into this uh, company called Meta and this platform called Meta. Uh, the fun story about Natalie is that on behalf of Nest, the first conference or the first event I sponsored uh, was a female entrepreneurship uh, conference that was organized by a friend of mine. And uh, I went to the conference to support, but I arrived an hour too early because I put the wrong time in my calendar and the only other person in the 500 people strong uh, conference hall was Natalie. And obviously she was the moderator of the panel later that evening and it was her first moderation ever and she was quite nervous. 
so that's how we met and the rest is history um as you david know but why why my next point is 2047 is because uh, there were two events throughout uh, the the years between my age 30 and 33 uh, a three year long process which was my learning curve in technology and innovation uh, and which was also uh, a period where i wanted to create value in the venture and technology space, give back to, to get later uh, uh, the answer what I had to do here. And there were probably two uh, defining uh, moments. Uh, one that I got involved in in running um, and, and contributing on the in ecosystem side of the equation to a smart city um, accelerator program that we were running for and with uh, Infinity, the, the luxury car brand of uh, Nissan. Uh, their headquarter used to be in Hong Kong, the only car company whose headquarter used to be in Hong Kong. And um, it was dedicated to smart cities and I never had before heard about that term. And I was fascinated by it. Uh, that's one data point. The second is, and it, it is uh, linking back to the World Economic Forum, that I participated uh, at the WEF's China Business Roundtable in Shenzhen, um, I believe on, in during the same year. And as I was sitting there and listened to a presentation, there was one slide that was presented to me. Um, and it said, that by 2050, there will be 2.5 billion more people living in cities than today, which equals to 3 million increase every single week on average. And, you know, there are those few light bulb moments in your life that you remember probably forever and, and it just burns in your brain. And this was one of those. And somehow there and then, I knew that that was my mission, that was my calling, that's what I had to do, that's, that's where my impact was. Um, because I, what I was looking for is an investment thesis, was something that had longevity, a high level of predictability, and an universal application or applicability. And what, what do I mean by that? Uh, is, is, if we if we take e-commerce as an example, it's not universal because in China e-commerce is very different from uh, the U.S. From, uh, from everywhere. Yes. Not just oh, but, just from everywhere. But it, what I, what I mean is, uh, you know, it, it, urbanization is ecosystem independent, great firewall independent, culture independent. Uh, obviously, not all aspects of that, but. Uh, you build buildings, you build uh, railway lines, uh, you, you build power plants, um, you reduce waste uh, the same way. Um, and, and obviously uh, that led to, um, to, why, to the next... Let me, yeah. Why did you call it 2047 where it was uh, one slide that got you to 2050? Correct. Uh, I, th I think just 2047 sounds cooler. 2050 would be <laughs> <laughs> too obvious. But no, let me let me just. This is this yeah, is okay. personal. This is personal. 
And because okay. it's almost 2050, and if we want to get to a better 2050, we need to get you know the solutions kind of in place at least by 2047. But but that's, I thought maybe that's it was my, Hong Kong. Very, I thought maybe it was Hong Kong. Maybe the there was some other yeah. correlation there. So just that, 2040. You wanted it's, it's a it's a coincidence. Let me let me just tell you it's it's uh, it's uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, I I wanted to do only one thing for the coming, for the second 30 years of my life. Uh, and, and actually I had this epiphany in 2017, uh, 18, the turn of 2017 and 18. So uh, if we count, if we add 30 years to that, that's 2047. Uh, so I was looking for uh, that thesis I can commit to for the for okay. those well, 30 years. But the, it, there, there's a missing link. <laughs> I, I hear about Correct. 2050. Thank you. And Thank I you. stop it. And it's okay. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, like I think at 2047, if, you know, if I did so not these are yet just, create these extra, enough impact, I can, I can, I can still the, catch The up. extra three years give you the ability to kind of play with it just in case it Correct. doesn't Correct. It's a buffer. Okay. It's, it's a, a buffer, buffer built right in. It's a buffer. And it, okay. it looks so much cooler. Now, for, for, for everyone else's reference that's listening, originally the title of this conversation was 2047, but, but I realized it would be just a, a six, seven hour long conversation because it's too, way too rich. But, okay. but let me just say this, 2047 is, is, is truly relating to, to impact to the future, uh, then this slide, and then I realized it's urbanization. The urbanization must be the context of um of of my work because through that uh i can create the kind of impact i wanted very simply put uh by by 2050s about 70 67 to 75 uh depending on what statistics and what predictions you're looking at of the world's population will be living in cities and if you can positively impact how cities operate are being built then you can uh, create a, a much larger impact than otherwise. Obviously, so what? So when you when you when you came up with this, the next thirty years, yeah. What metrics did you put in place that say a po uh, that that would be a positive impact? What does that mean? Now that's a very good question, and now we are almost jumping to the very end so I well, this is the time let's let's <laughs> let's, this, this, let's answer it because that's the question i have is yeah you keep on talking about positive impact you talk yeah. about having impact yeah. what do you mean yeah. by impact um i would i won't jump to the end yet but but it, it it was as abstract as it sounds right now okay i i i just knew what negative impact is i just knew that i wanted to to Positively ne negative impact. impact to you was having people going to a party and having beer and <laughs> and laughing and enjoying themselves and and i i went uh, every year one the first, i was at an event i don't remember what event and one person said look i can't go to this does anybody want a ticket to clock and i said i don't know what this is and uh divi said was standing there woman and she said Oh, it's really good. You should come. I'm going. You come with me. And so I went to it. And every year from that point on, I don't know how many there were, I went to it. It's a great event. So you're out on the outside, falling asleep on the lawn. There's all these different 
stages that you could visit. And to some people, to some people, that is impact. That is bringing people together, community, having people break away from their lives, living a little differently. You brought you brought into my mind that clock and fluff had this had this impression on you where I had the complete opposite impression. I don't remember <laughs> seeing people really getting wasted at this event. I no, was I hear, not, I hear. it was no, a, I, obviously, I, obviously I'm, ex, I'm, I'm exaggerating, you know, I, I think so, so what, sounds, so when you say a positive yeah. impact, yeah, there was a positive impact. I felt it. I made, made a lot of friends at the event because everywhere time I went, DB yeah. was not in my circles and yeah. I met other people. So, when you say negative and positive, I'm trying to get a context. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're right. And, and I, I kind of didn't say it was not positive. I just, I just said that it was not positive enough or okay. it was not the kind of positive I wanted to create. Uh, all I said that with the same amount of effort, I probably can uh, create uh, a, a greater output. Now, and it's, it's once again, it's, it's more the scale than anything. Right with the music festival, even if you consider the largest music festival or the largest music festivals, which, which are a couple of hundred thousand people um, over over a week, uh, and with Cochinflap, we we only probably engaged about seventy, eighty thousand people, um, which is not a little, but considering that there are seven point six eight billion people living on the planet, it's tiny. And and the impact is indeed positive, but it's rather so. It wasn't a matter. It wasn't about being negative, and you keep on talking about positive right. impact. I think that yeah. you're really when you're talking impact, you're really talking scale of impact. Yeah, more yeah. than you are talking and the, and the type of impact you wanted to create, which is a different type of impact. So it's not impact because you can make you can be impactful on one child and change the yeah. entire world. Correct. So when you talk about impact and wanting to redefine your tomorrow, because that's what you were doing, you were redefining yep. your next 30 years, yep. what defined, well, I hear smart city and yep. you know that I had a company, we're actually still working on the tech uh, for smart city devices within buildings to make smart buildings. Yep. I don't, I personally, while this could be a massive operation, I don't feel it has the impact of many of the other projects I'm working on. I think it more of it as a technology project, a capital, possible profitability project, all that. But So what's your definition of that scalability impact? What did you want to achieve? Um, you see, that's that's kind of one of the reasons why I... I decided to to shift from being an, entre an entrepreneur to 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 being an investor uh, because okay. I I have not had the idea or an idea and I have not uh, encountered anyone with an idea that I could have joined or contributed to or rallied around uh, that I singularly thought was generating the kind of impact that I want to. And quite frankly, you know, I don't have an insanely clear definition. I didn't have an insanely clear definition to that uh, back then. I, all I knew, it had to be uh, at scale. 
it had to be predictable, highly predictable, so, so and it had to have longevity. Once again, longevity and universal applicability, because if, let's not forget, I'm in Hong Kong, which is partly in China and outside of China. Yes. And here we have a mindset that you know exactly what's possible in China and what's not possible in China. You, yes. you know, it's, and you know exactly what's possible in other countries, right? Japan is also an island on its own. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, right? And uh, we can talk about a lot of other countries that are, you know, very, very isolated from the rest of the world. I yeah, they, run, they, live, they run their own worlds inside Correct. their own world, and you really Correct. have to live there, go there, be there to understand it. Correct. So my criteria was indeed universal applicability. And, and, and if you think about it, there are only very few uh, industries, sectors, uh, for which this is actually true. So, so, now, so I, I'm, I'm being a little, um, I don't know what the please, word for it, but so, be, so, be yourself. So, so, project, <laughs> <laughs> so Project Moon Hut, changing how we live on Earth for all species, uh, that, was, that wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> No, it's what you you said one billion people, and no, I said oh, I, no, no. I that's, only, to that's only a small part of it. <laughs> I, I had to go for more. Okay. Kind of, but you know, Project Moonhut, I think is is a good example, right? And and it does definitely have uh, universal uh, implications. It definitely has urbanization implications, and I think we the two of two of us uh, have found a lot of common ground and probably built our friendship. On, on, on these shared values, because the reason why you're working on that project is, is very similar to the reason why I'm working on, on my thesis. Uh, it's it's funny because I think that the, that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is while you and I have that same desire to be large scale impact, and we'd, I, don't, I don't sit down and say, I want impact. That's not the way I think, but I think we both have this we both work in that construct, but at the same time, uh, the conversations we've had tend to be very, very down to earth and local. Yeah. If you really think about our conversations, the, I remember the one after we went to the rice place behind uh, Hollywood Road, that little shack, and you and I walked down the street and we talked about our... When you that we're introverted and meeting mm -hmm. people and, and how to connect and networks. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's interesting. And that's why I'm pushing on the word impact because yep. having impact in smart cities could mean that you're responsible for great garbage disposal. Yeah. And that's, that's a smart city tech. Yeah. 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 So is, is it garbage disposal? <laughs> is it traffic light coordination? <laughs> Is uh, I mean I'm being serious here. I don't know. No, no, no. I I am so serious too. Because that, because me... you have subway the uh, putting in a light rail system that is more functional than the existing yeah. transport. Yeah, that is yeah. also smart city. Correct. So what becomes to my friend Tony? I want to know what is impact. I mean, we're gonna put something on your. Sorry, let's not talk about it because of COVID. But one day something will have to be written about you. And we're going to say, I wanted impact. Yeah. What, what did we, what do we follow? Was it, this is just like your party. Dot, 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 dot. What would your life be like if it was on your tombstone? Very quickly, uh, Tony, if I'm, I'm going to say it for other people. It was a, a jump out of character for a second is that <laughs> one of the questions that came out of his birthday party where Tony 
was going to give a 10 minute speech. It ended up being about an hour, I think. <laughs> and he, at the, the next day, the following day, everybody had to write on their WhatsApp account why or what would they want written on their tombstone and mm -hmm. what they would contribute. People, people, people were writing. So I'm kind of asking you, and you use the word impact, what? Carbonless. And I will tell you, okay, and I will so, tell okay. you too much. Okay, so, so that's will, the answer. So see? your yeah. impact is carbonless. That is Correct. where we'll get to that eventually. But your yep. impact, and to you, that means what? I will, I will, I, I'm, I'm not carbonless. With, not, not carbonless. The next, what is, the, I'm, I'm answering you. I'm answering. Okay. I, I got the question. Um, you know, urbanization is big, but obviously I'm, I decided to play at the intersection of urbanization and technology. You can do a lot within urbanization, but I obviously wanted to play within at the, at the, at the intersection of urbanization and innovation. And obviously through capital. Now I could give an absolute you know, like a two hour long monologue on, on why I'm so fixated on capital. But let me just say one probably abstract thing. Um, I believe in everything in the world is, is energy. I, I consider a unit of energy is the, is the, is the core unit. And, and for me, capital money is, is a concentration of energy. With money, you can buy energy. With more money, you can buy more energy, and we can, we can, you know, it, it, energy takes a lot of different forms. But if you think about it, everything is an accumulation of energy, and and the reason why I wanted to be a capitalist is because I knew that if I become a capitalist, a venture capitalist, I will have way more energy to play with than in any other way. So and it was just the, it was it's play, a it's a vehicle. Being Absolutely. a capitalist is a vehicle Absolutely. for you to, to concentrate, to concentrate energy so that you can apply it and get Correct. more leverage Correct. across a global Correct. ecosystem. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. And when, when, you, when, you, when you ask, you know, which part of, you know, smart city, and quite frankly, I, even though I'm a representative of the Smart City Consortium of Hong Kong, and I really respect the organization, and I respect the people who built it. I respect, you know, even the term uh, smart city and a lot of smart city companies. I don't use the term smart cities. I only used it as part of my narrative because we were indeed running a smart city program. But I use urban tech as the next bullet point indeed because for me, it points beyond. Smart so cities. let's let's make sure are we did we cover all of urbanization then or do you want to give more on urbanization? Uh, I I could throw a lot of statistics. Well, around give me give I, me I some not. give me something more <laughs> give me something more because uh, and and the reason I'm I, I'd like to know your construct or your yep. your definition is w through COVID. Yep. There's a lot of discussion about how cities will not be the same yep. anymore. They're changing yep. on. And I don't believe most of that. If you've heard yep. my narrative, yep. Yep. it's not going to happen the way people are outlining it. I think it's just a fear jump more than yep. it is an actual understanding of the dynamics of humans working together. Yep. But when you think of urbanization, let's uh, the, right above Hong Kong is the Greater Bay. Yep. Uh, the Greater Bay is Macau, Hong Kong, and uh, Guangzhou region. When you think of urbanization, give me some context of where what that means to you, 
how it adds to your storyline. Um, okay, so I I do care about urbanization as as a mega trend, um, and I do care about cities as once again an accumulation of of energy and resources, uh, places where if you do something scales fast and easy, uh, as something negative as something positive. Uh, I'm I also found myself when I stumbled upon this thesis or doubled down on this thesis uh, in 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 a time when the Greater Bay Area concept was first uh, kind of promoted uh, in this region, and it did fascinate me so much that I actually named my company after uh, my newly established company for this particular thesis. I named my company after the Greater Bay Area, which is dubbed as the biggest megacity in the building. That's quote unquote. Uh, how it's how it's referred to because these eleven cities, including Hong Kong and Macau, uh, are integrating together. Now, uh, for those who have been here, uh, it's it's almost obvious. But for those who have not, it's not obvious that there there are seventy seven almost or more seventy between seventy and eighty million people living in these eleven cities, very big cities. Um, and and they are almost built into one city. Uh, Infrastructure-wise, they are connected, but they are growing, intertwining uh, together. Um, so yeah. uh, I'm going to jump because I want I want to hear more because I think it, we were you and I were heading to Guangzhou when yeah. I said to you one of the big challenges of uh, Guangzhou region is its old name used to be the Pearl River Delta. And that there are challenges with sea level water rise and the challenges yeah. that we have. So when we have this expectation of mega cities, yeah. two things are happening. One, a lot of the mega cities will decline within 50 years due to a whole host of challenges with the major city, especially in China because of the population challenges, uh, with the one child syndrome that a lot of the major cities will be in Africa, but coastal cities, if we run into, climate change challenges could be real devastating, uh, have devastating impact on those individuals because they've moved to these cities and have no, don't have the place to retract to. Correct. So what's your, when you say mega city, uh, is this a good thing to you? For me, it's, 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 it is more a fascinating thing, or it's been a fascinating thing. It's not good or bad. I think as you refer to urbanization as, you know, uh, how people view it, view it, not, and, 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 and kind of predicting uh, the decline of urbanization in the wake of COVID, not understanding how people uh, operate and connect and work together. I, mm -hmm. I believe it's, you know, mega cities are just a manifestation. Are, are a manifestation of 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 the same phenomenon that you're referring to there. I think it's just incredible uh, to to see humans coming together or at this scale. And if you look at the Greater Bay Area, which is uh, statistically uh, dubbed as the most diverse economic cluster in the world, uh, it is quite fascinating to to look at all 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 industries, all sectors, and basically you find 
a global leader in any of those sectors, homegrown global leaders in any of those sectors. Uh, I haven't region. heard this most diverse economic cluster in the world. Mm. What is, what does, what does that mean? The most diverse economic cluster. Basically, what I just referred to that. But if if you look at across industries, across sectors, uh, you will you will find a company or a cluster of companies uh, that that are leading and globally relevant uh, in that particular. Uh, okay. Industry. So, and the, I can give a couple of in, immediate, examples. Immediately, I immediately went to I went to the exodus of many of the Westerners because of the uh, let's call it uh, semi takeover of Hong Kong. A lot yeah. of my friends, your friends, have left Hong Kong, and so you're you're seeing that drawback. So it's to me, it's not as much of a cultural cluster. But you're talking, it sounds like you're talking about this cluster in this one urban environment, and you're saying that megacities create these high energy capable organizations that can have huge impact. I, th I think, yes, uh, from one perspective, yes, but I think that's not, that, that's what's relevant from my story specifically when it comes to megacities, it, it, or this particular, uh, megacity, it is, it is just fascinating how diverse it can be, how industries uh, can coexist and and synergize with one another, how people can coexist and synergize with one another. I think Shenzhen is an amazing example uh, for that very truth because it it is a city that has grown from 300,000 to uh, 15, 18 million, depending what statistics you look at. Uh, in about 30 years, some of the most powerful companies and, and, and biggest companies in the world, most innovative companies in the world are actually headquartered uh, in Shenzhen. And those are just some of the examples of the great companies that are, 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 are in this region. Now, I, I didn't want to, you know, spend too much time on the Greater Bay Area, but one thing I, I like to say, because very few people talk about this, and I love history. Um, I, you know, as you referred a little bit to, to that fact um, before, I, I like to look at the macro to, to have the right context for the micro. Mm -hmm. uh, and if history serves um, for me um, as, as that macro context um, for, for everything I look at in the world. But, but in, in the context of the Greater Bay Area, I've, I've been on endless number of panels and interviews about it. Uh, I, I even gave my first workshop that I gave about the Greater Bay Area was in San Francisco, <laughs> which uh, just looking at the reactions of, of the audience just showed how special this region is because they couldn't believe the statistics. I just showed them the companies that are here. I showed them the numbers. I showed them the GDP. The, the GDP of this region is 1.67 trillion US dollars. Uh, which equals all Australia's or all South Korea's GDP. And I think Russia, I think Russia is 1.6 trillion. Correct, correct. Which is crazy if you think about it. You know, Russia is like more than 100 million people uh, uh, with, with the land mass and the, the natural, natural resources it has. Um, it's quite incredible. These are 11 cities and it's growing very fast. Now, just, just to, just to put this into historical context, 
And when people ask me, okay, what do I think about this new thing, the Greater Bay Area? My answer was always that this new thing has been evolving and developing for 250 years. And obviously people have been asking me what will happen to the Greater Bay Area in the, you know, just like how you refer to this in, in the wake of the exodus of the Westerners from Hong Kong. Um, and, and I say the same thing. It, it, business has been going on in the Greater Bay Area for 250 years, which dates back to what was, what used to be called the, the Canton system, which was set up by the Canton Treaty, uh, which turned Guangzhou in its old name, uh, Canton, the only port in China that had the license to trade with the rest of the world. So all of China's trade was conducted through this one port in now Guangzhou. Um, and that led, that was a hundred year old, hundred year long period. And that led directly to the opium war through which uh, the British obviously gained control, the first opium war of, uh, of Hong Kong. Um, and, and long story short, Macau was already in, in, in Portuguese hands. Uh, but it was, a, it was a very small uh, trading outlet um, comparatively. And, and fast forward to Deng Xiaoping's era when he decided to, to, to experiment with, with capitalistic uh, structures within China and gave special economic zone um, and area licenses and, and advantages for a couple of cities one of which was Shenzhen, and Shenzhen started to grow. Why did Shenzhen start to grow is because uh, of Hong Kong's uh, vicinity. Now, Shenzhen became one of the most innovative cities in the entire world in the span of 30 years, which would have not happened without Hong Kong. But Hong Kong would have not existed without Canton being Canton. And what Canton, uh, represented and for those 100 years being the only um, port in China that could trade with the rest of the world, all the industries that were actually producing tradable goods in China moved their manufacturing capacity down to the Pearl River Delta run from mid 1700s uh, to the mid 1800s. And obviously, many of the, a lot of that capacity stayed. Uh, around around the Pearl River Delta, stayed in Guangdong Province. Now, this read obviously China China is usually referred to as the factory of the world, but this particular region uh, it also is referred to sometimes as the factory of the world for that particular reason, and that hasn't really changed. So, without that, there wouldn't be Hong Kong. Without Hong Kong, there wouldn't be Shenzhen, and Hong Kong, Shenzhen, and Guangzhou are basically the backbone of of um, of the greater Bay Area, one being one of the biggest manufacturing hubs in the entire world, one being one of the technology hubs of the of the world, and one being the financial hubs of the world. And these three cities, which are uh, accessible with 45 minutes uh, high-speed railway ride uh, that crosses uh, 40 million people's uh, uh, living environment, um, these, these also have the, the three of the top eight ports in the world. It's also a trading 
powerhouse. These so, only these three cities. What I, what I, the reason I'm it's asking the question is I'm trying to get to your definition in this whole thing about urbanization because yeah. the to going back to it is that we're seeing an aging of the world's population. Russia is going to lose 30 million people over the next 15 years due to uh, 15 to 20 years due to aging. Europe is going to lose 50 million people. United States had a neg positive negative net gain now with the Trump administration that might change some, but we were looking at an increase in the Latin American or the, the Central American growth, but a decline in the other population. So around the world, we are seeing, what was it, China's going to have 400 and, uh, was it 420 million people who are elderly within the next 15 years. Mm. Or ten years, I don't know the exact number. I just have to look at my dates. Mine, my question is about urbanization and why mm -hmm. urbanization is the topic for carbonless and what you see as urbanization because it's changing and it's it's not equivalent to, for example, this mega city. There will be others, but I don't see London expand. I mean, London is expanding, but I don't see the same type of dynamic happening everywhere in the world as it will in Asia. Correct. I mean, we, we are talking about impact. And, and once again, urbanization for me is important in terms of impact. I care more about the cities that are, are not yet necessarily built. I care about cities and, and markets and economies that are growing right now. So, um, so you're, so, so let me get this straight so we can then move yeah. on is that your, your feeling of impact was to pick a topic of interest to you, which was urbanization, then yeah. to focus on means by which urbanization can be improved to give right. a better quality of life for those who live in these structures. We can say better quality of life, but but uh, greater efficiencies from you know the from, from a planetary perspective, not okay. only for that, that's that's a good that's yeah. what I wanted to hear. So you're and, doing it to balance also in addition to balance that with planet Earth. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, you know when when you ask me about impact, and I think probably this is the answer you've been looking for is is definitely a planetary impact it's not a, a, a psychological well-being for the citizens of the world um, obviously you can choose a lot of different topics and I was actually exploring uh, to do something in the space of mental health depression and anxiety are dubbed as the the, the disease of the 21st century um, and I believe actually in the wake of covid 19 it will be uh, even more uh, severe as a problem uh, to to deal with. Um, you can also pick food, which is universally applicable and yeah. relevant. I picked urbanization. Okay, like, no, I that, think that's, are, that's yeah. fine. I just I didn't tie the pieces together, and now I'm getting Correct. it. And maybe yeah. I, I just missed it. But you're talking mm -hmm. about that you had you decided that the next thirty years you would be impactful. You needed to find a category, which was the smart city or the technology or the capabilities. You pick then a, a focal point, which is urban environments and mega cities that will be growing. And you wanted to be a part of the transformation of these so that they can both humanistically and earthlessly, earthlickly, however you say <laughs> Correct. it, uh, they, would, they would mesh better in the future. Correct. So, okay. so well said. Thank you for teaching me well, about I've, my I, own, about I, my I, own I, narrative. You're I'm good at try, it. 
I'm trying to find <laughs> that place because it was kind of confusing for me as yeah. to where you were going. Yeah. So, so that, let's take urbanization, just the moving of people into community, into cities and living in environments that will be a trend that will continue. And your next one on the list was urban tech. Correct. And what did you I, mean the, by urban tech? The, that I, usually the way I define this is, 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 is a very simple technology and innovation that can positively impact urbanization. Now we kind of know what urbanization is. It's, is the mega trend where people are actually moving or being born into urban environments, uh, increasing urban sprawl. Um, and, and the technology that can make this more efficient and sufficient is what I focus on. And obviously when it, in the technology space, uh, in, in venture capital, we always refer to things as verticals, as sectors. Uh, obviously, we can define urban tech as a sector, but it's very, very broad. And, and uh, that will lead us to carbon, carbonless in a second, because urban, I want it to be uh, in the beginning of my journey as, as, uh, as flexible with my thesis since I didn't necessarily know yet what I wanted to do, but as broad, but as true to my thesis as possible. So I can be flexible with how I create impact as if I stumble upon an opportunity, but under urban tech and basically maybe it's useful if I say what, how I can define or how I would define the difference between smart city as a vertical or as a, as a topic, and urban mm -hmm. tech as a topic there. Yes. If you, if you I would look love at, to, because my mind is racing between them actually it's saying. It's very simple. It's very simple. It's very simple. Um, because smart cities and uh, smart cities as a topic, as a vertical, uh, is, is a relatively old term. Um, more than 10, probably 15 years old. Yes. Um, Easy. and urban tech is a, pretty new term if you, if you google it as i did when i came up with it i thought i invented it but then i googled it i realized well, that, I that's just because that's you yeah i always think i invent whatever i think it sounds great but i google it immediately and uh, all, all my life i've been humbled by the fact that someone already thought about the same same thing uh, which is great because you don't need to build all the foundation. Right, you don't have to go to, around telling people what it's about. They've built the exactly. definition for you. Look at look at that study, and it was it was not a very old term. The first reference I I found for it was one and a half years before I actually made that Google search in a Starbucks in Hong Kong actually, and um, and it defines it in a certain way. If you Google it elsewhere in another way, but long story short, it's just a newer term that covers smart cities as well. But smart city doesn't cover things like Uber. Smart cities doesn't cover things like Airbnb. For me, Uber and Airbnb are urban tech companies. Because Airbnb has huge impact on urbanization. Uh, it, Airbnb actually redefined uh, a lot of cities' property market, uh, the, the pricing uh, of the property market, and that changed the their urban environment the urban structures who live in certain areas of the uh, of the city it, it changed uh how districts uh, actually became structured over time and it, it's it's fascinating how much impact uh, airbnb had for the better and worse um or or uber uh, but smart cities doesn't cover 
uh, no, I, I look. I just looked it up. The Urban Tech describes startup technology companies that directly improve city life and city sustainability. Correct. And and I think when it comes to smart cities, the sustainability component was was also not necessary. There, smart cities is more about let's apply, let's install sensors in light bulbs and collect data. Well, and, yeah, like and, I was saying, a smart light bulb or smart garbage or smart correct, something. Yeah, correct. Okay. And that's sort of where it ended. You know, like, okay, let's collect data and then what? <laughs> so that that's kind of what why smart cities as a as a term as a as an industry doesn't have an extremely good reputation because it's, it, it it is defined by that phenomenon. So under urban tech, I I uh, I define uh, basically we we focus on mainly five sectors. Um, which are very broad on their, on their own, right? Uh, one is energy, the other is mobility, transportation, uh, the other is um, uh, property, uh, another is infrastructure and construction, and the fifth is, now it's 5G, but basically digital connectivity. Digital is that it? For you, you, when you say, because there's, you used the word we, yeah. uh, I think you said we, is this yep. this is your business or because i'm asking for me is yep. urban tech seven or eight sectors and you've defined that you're only going to work in and what would the others be this is urban... our this is our focus so and what the, the would reason, be what the, would the reason, be the others that you decided reason, not to no the reason why i'm not uh i'm i'm i i would like to avoid the definition per se is because for anyone that wants to you know research it it's a simple google search but every single website will give a different definition so this is my definition of of what what constitutes to urban tech if we really wanted to add uh, education we could if we really wanted to add food or food tech agri-tech we could if we wanted to add health tech we could as well urban tech can be Really, so, really so, but when if I pull up, if I pull up a, an image of smart cities yeah. in smart city, they also include agritech, health tech, they Correct. include all of these others. So, is a chicken and the egg? Is it a mis, dis, misdefinition of a smart city? Is urban tech uh, really what smart city sh it should be called? Urban tech and smart city should fade away, and that there are many other categories under smart city. Yes, it, it, you know all of the above, and quite frankly, you can also, uh, you know, look at look at certain aspects of these various sectors. Like if it, for for me, urban tech is not a technology, uh, you know, per se. It is it is a, a a big collection of technologies that that can be applied uh, to positively impact. In my definition. Uh, the process of urbanization. It, it, one could simply focus on uh, the blockchain technologies that can be applied in, in urban tech, and that would be a legitimate thesis as well. But so, we so, are, so what we you're are to, technology. To some, you've technology. chosen these, but to some degree, if I and I'm pulling it up right now, smart city, yeah. uh, uh, smart industry, smart security, smart retail, smart society, smart healthcare, smart home, yeah. smart energy, mobility. Yeah. So it's kind of as if urban tech is th that they're used interchangeably, and your your focus is on these five. Uh, you you can say that yes you you will hear as many definitions as as it as it gets. So I, I once again I don't really want to go 
into the definition of, of, of urban tech. Uh, I think what, what really matters, and as, as abstract as it is, it is actually a pretty good definition if you think about it. Technology and innovation that can positively impact urbanization. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's my definition to that. And and I'm very very uh, flexible, you know, because all I care, and I think now you know, I'm I'm not in love with a technology. I'm not in love with an opportunity that like blockchain represents. All I care whether the application of a technology in an urban context creates positive impact or doesn't. Okay. And now we get to the, the, the real deal here because, you know, I've been, um, I've had the absolute honor, pleasure and adventure to, to talk about this topic, obviously with, with smarter and smarter people and got to places like Davos. I spoke at, um, uh, big conferences about this on panels with way, way smarter people than, than I probably ever be. Um, but the more, the more serious I've become and the more serious conversations I had, the more I got challenged on, on defining indeed my, my impact. Um, and, and there was a significant, uh, uh, occasion on this in, in Davos actually, um, last year, uh, where I was really hard pressed at a, a sustainability technology launch on to really define what I cared about when I talked about impact and ESG, for example. Um, and I also challenged myself, uh, and I had to double, I had to triangulate, uh, and I had to boil down, uh, my impact definition. And as I was boiling it down, following all my experience and all the conversations and, and all the logic I could think of, I, I, I realized it was, uh, uh, CO2 emissions. And I also stumbled upon one particular uh, sector, uh, which is referred to as carbon tech. Uh, once again, carbon tech is a sector that you find different, different definitions for. Uh, one is a little bit more narrow. The other is a bit broader, but basically they refer to the same thing. Um, technology that can uh, reduce uh, CO2 emission or uh, technology that can actually uh, take carbon uh, out of the air directly. Um, and, and having been involved in, in, in conversations around climate change, having been involved in, in conversations uh, about the Paris Agreement, um, one has to realize ultimately that that it is uh, the greatest challenge. Um, obviously, when it refers to urbanization or when we think about urbanization, the most relevant uh, challenge probably. Um, and I just connected the two. And even though I'm sticking to my overall urban tech with impact thesis, and we are just in the process of building a, a later stage uh, venture fund with the urban tech uh, broad focus. Um, I also I also realized that if, if I was about to specialize on anything um, ultimately and narrow down, uh, it will be and it is okay, so, carbon tech. So why? 
exactly for the same reason why you're asking me or why you've been asking me for more than an hour uh-huh. <laughs> for a definition for a definition of impact the metrics around impact because uh-huh. ultimately we can talk about this and 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 it's pretty intuitive you know what's good what's not uh, you know even when blackrock uh, came out one and a half years ago uh, saying that uh, they will not invest in anything with a negative impact, they actually didn't go much further saying what it is, you know? It, it's it's uh, one of the largest fund managers, asset managers in the world, and they just said they wrote, a, they, they, they distributed a message to, to CEOs that, you know, watch out for the societal impact of your company, and we are actually not going to invest in you if it's negative. Um, and, and I think that's kind of enough Everyone knows what it is, and then you delve into uh, ESG and ESG metrics. But then you realize that the ESG metrics are 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 not, you know, not really working well. No, um, they are it, not. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty subjective. So what is not subjective then, right? And and you could probably come up with a bunch of other things, but I I I think CO two in the air. Uh, climate change, uh, the impact on, on climate change of it is undeniable. It's scientifically proven. There are actual targets uh, set by the Paris Agreement uh, and into the Paris Agreement, a lot of scientific work and a lot of smart people's, you know, years long uh, energy went into, you know, into very simple numbers. So you have a metric uh, that you can work towards. And it's a very well, simple metric. So you, you... I'd like you to give me some examples of what you consider to be solid carbon tech. And let me preface this, that I think it was, don't quote me on the year, but let's say it was 2006, 2007, 2008 time. I spoke to 300 energy utility executives about the future of technology when it came to carbon and all sorts of other areas. And one of the areas that I said is clean coal, CCS, carbon capture storage technology, is not going to do what it's expected to do and that it's a big hype and a lot of the solutions that are being put out there are not going to work. And there were projections in the audience with these 300 executives who'd be here for 10 years, we'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. And yet we're here. We passed the deadline of that event with 300 top people in the industry, and not one of those technologies has really delivered on any promise. So what do you see when you, you gave the category carbon tech? Give me some examples, please. Um. There are, you know, I think the, 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 the question is not really whether there are already great examples. Um, the question is whether there should be more effort put into, um, helping some of the more promising examples to gain scale, to get the kind of energy, to get the kind of capitalization, to kind of get the kind of attention and connection into ecosystems that they need to actually get to the kind of economic scale where they can actually uh, generate the kind of impact that. that so, that so what, what are these technologies? But, uh, and and I, I would like to go back to my previous, uh, you know, 
thesis that it, it is not one technology, David. And, no, and no, I'm know, saying, can you give me some examples? Can you yeah, give me some I, examples of I, those? I can, but but I think it's better if I give you an example of 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 a project that represents how okay. much more we are talking about here than one particular startup or another particular startup or one particular technology because it hasn't really changed. Like what what you refer to is you know is exactly the kind of technology that is still being developed. But mm-hmm. it's a bit like asking like, okay, did solar solar panels you know, have, have solar panels changed the world? You know, no. Okay. Then it's bad. It's not true. You know, solar panels have been improving in their, in their efficiency for decades. And yeah. now they are coming to a price point and they are coming to a scale. They are coming to a maturity where they are making actually more and more and more sense. And it will be true and true and true as we progress, as more capital is pouring into the industry. And it won't be only solar panels changing the world as we know that you know you need you need efficient battery technology for that we know that you know electric cars were here more than a hundred years ago and they were just inefficient and now they are coming back because there is efficiency around uh there's also i don't know if you've heard this uh in 1900 there were more electric cars on the road than there were gas correct correct and what happened when the combustion engine came along, the men liked the sound, the roar, the power, yeah, yeah. and they were more, and they gave the electric cars to the women. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't yes, know. they gave them to the women because they had this now powerful, and also a woman had trouble starting because there was no electric starter. It was very dangerous to start the car. So that car went to the man. And yeah, because, okay, it was, okay. because it went to women, it therefore was not invested in the same way. I love that. I, I think that was not the only reason, but, no, but that's I one of that. that's a that's a that large that's no that's a large reason. I love that. I love because that. it was a very efficient vehicle at the time. So the reason I asked the question, and I think you uh, because you know me well enough, most people I interview don't know me that well. Maybe that's a yeah. bad thing, is that I I look at it as a, a race against time. Yeah. And so when I hear someone say, and I'm not just picking on you as an example, I'm just in theory. When I hear someone say, we're working on, yeah, I, okay, when, where, show me. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're yeah. going to get there. When? I yeah. mean, uh, flying cars were supposed to be here by the year 200 when I, 2000 when I grew up. When I yeah. grew up, I had a poster in my wall. There were flying cars. There were, you know, we had the Jetsons and that you were in little saucers and you had robots in your home. I have not seen a robot in one home besides a Roomba and a grass cutting. I have not seen one flying car in person. I've seen many videos and I have not seen much of the promises that are coming out of sustainability where even I, I had someone on the uh, on our program just recently, and he said, "You want to know why Microsoft says they they'll have uh, zero emission by 2050? Because no one will be around, and who's going to hold their, <laughs> their hold themselves to the fire?" I like that. And and so <laughs> I'm trying to push a little bit harder, not just yeah. because I know you. I'm pushing because I'm looking for solid. Solid examples. No, no, I hear. I hear. Okay, so, but, but let me let me just give you you know like a, another example because I think you, what what you, you're being 
as and I love you the way you are. The, the, <laughs> but, your but your best, your, your but best get off my butt. <laughs> your 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 best provocative self, but you know it very well, David. That it won't be one technology. There is no silver bullet. And when we talk about you know just tie it back to cities, cities are ecosystems, and you know you need to add a bit of urban tech or sustainable urban tech to you know every single aspect of a city to get closer to to the targets it won't be you know just the power plants it needs to be the entire energy system it won't be just you know uh, the buildings uh, how materials are used there uh, what 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 heating system is used but it will also be transportation it won't it won't only be food but all of the above now, the, the, the example I wanted to give you, and I, and I think that's where my, my real passion is. And uh, one of the reasons why I spent a lot of time over the past couple of years in, in, in the Philippines is because I think the solution lies in, in, in places like the Philippines, in, in, in developing countries, markets where urbanization is happening fast. You refer to Africa, I'm totally with you, uh, in, in the year 2,100, 2,100 uh, in most of the megacities in the world will be in Africa. If right. We on the trajectory, I believe Lagos will be 100 million people. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable uh, numbers. Yeah, unbelievable numbers. But expected and, to be extremely challenged cities. Exactly. Correct. And and I think this is this is this is what really matters here for for me. Whatever happens in this process right now, in places like Manila, in places like Lagos, the kind of energy systems, the kind of infrastructure, the kind of uh, systems that are being uh, being developed right now and implemented will be there for decades. And they will lock in bad practices or inefficient practices. And let's just focus on then uh, CO2 emission in this case. Mm -hmm. um, and and when it comes to, you know, my, my thesis and, and the way I, I build my, my companies, I really like to combine, um, uh, investment and capital with, with advisory capacity. Uh, through the advisory capacity, you, you gain the opportunity to work with people, uh, that have influence over these processes, governments, big corporations. And I stumbled upon my, probably my dream project last year. Um, that to be frank with you, probably without COVID-19, we would be a, a little bit, you know, uh, you know, closer to, 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 uh, facts and, and, and practicalities around it. Right now, it's still just a project out there, uh, that we haven't managed to, to progress on. But basically, um, in, in the Philippines, the first metro line, uh, Ever in the country has been has been decided to be built in Makati in in Manila, yes. which is the capital of the Philippines, and and, and it the, needs it uh, <laughs> badly. Oh not not one. It, it oh. needs twenty five. Yeah, it needs twenty. Uh, yeah. If, if, uh, in Manila, we would sit in a car to go twenty kilometers for three hours. Correct. Unbelievable. Correct. Correct, correct, and 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 you know I I must give a lot of credit to to the the leaders in in Bangkok because Bangkok has been suffering from very similar uh, traffic uh, nightmares 
and they they did what I believe they had to do. They actually launched six uh, metro lines at the same time on the same day. Uh, so it's not one but six. Now Manila is is, is stepping on this uh, uh, on this path with uh, building the first metro line, which was awarded to a, a Chinese uh, consortium to be to build it. Now. I, I'm not here to to have prejudices, but as a matter of fact, in the Philippines, uh, there is no one in any government that that has probably built a metro line, uh, let alone operating it, because uh, there had not been a metro line in the country. Perhaps that 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 is not true from from uh, Filipino expats, which which live all over the world and are great and talented people. So the, the knowledge might be imported, but but systematically and organizational intelligence-wise, there's there's no structure with with the with the know-how how to do this, let alone how to do this right. And uh, and I'm just not hundred percent sure that uh, it will be uh, built in a way. And if you build a metro line, that 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 will stay with you for. For about 50 years mm -hmm. or more, uh, expectedly. And depending on what technology uh, you're using, what energy systems you're using, what materials you're using, it will be either an efficient natural line or a non-efficient natural line. And these are exactly the kind of projects, and these are exactly the kind of moments I would like to uh, be in a position. And we are, you know, we are slowly growing up. Now you know I'm on a 30-year journey, and I'm Three, year, three years into it, so 10% has, has, has passed. And we are not yet the top of mind advisors to come in and help the city find the best, most sustainable, most efficient solutions. And not only to build a metro line, but also to build potentially uh, positive externalities, create positive externalities around it, maybe build an ecosystem around it, maybe attract new industries, new talent around it, build an ecosystem of travel tech companies, which is possible, but it's a matter of, of, of capacity, of imagination, of vision, of connections, uh, and, and realizing it is, it is actually possible and beyond possible, it is actually necessary. So we, this is, these are the kind of projects through which uh, efficiency and, and sustainability can be brought into urban development. And the moment the first metro line is built at a certain uh, a, according to a certain uh, standard, uh, probably that will drive the coming 10, 20 metro lines that will have to be built in Manila if it wants to actually grow. Um, so that's, that's and, and if you think about the metro line, it means everything, you know, it, it, as, as I refer to it, it's, it's not going to be only the energy system. It, it will be how it's operated, how it's built, it will be, it will be about the, the materials that, that are used and all sorts of things. You can build into this carbon efficiency across the board and a lot of uh, capital saving as well that you can then invest into other areas. Um, I think one trick here is, and I would like to highlight that, that uh, some of the, the moment you build, and I think that's one of the, one of the, the exciting parts of, of, of carbon tech or sustainable urban development, uh, obviously a lot of uh, developing countries are facing the same problem, uh, which is shortage of capital and finances. Um, so 
in a lot of these cases, unfortunately, the government uh, is incentivized to save as much money as possible, basically sacrificing potential long-term uh, benefits. They're also incentivized not to invest in these technologies. Correct, correct. Now, th- there is actually a solution for that, and, and that is green finance, which is, uh, which is an, an, an extremely fast-growing uh, 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 scene uh, and industry that, through which these, uh, these governments or these entities working on specific projects, the moment they uh, integrate sustainability goals and metrics, they can actually unlock um, additional capital um, into the into their projects. And and there is no awareness <laughs> amongst many of the, the leaders that make these decisions about this. All they focus on is is minimizing the top line uh, expenses of the project. Can 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 we try something together here? Yes. Okay. I'd like to to try to do something with you because I, I I admire you in so many ways and the things that you've accomplished and the way you you interact with people and the way you connect. And uh, rail lines, uh, whether it be light rail lines, it be uh, fast, tr- all of these type of structures require community and capital and the biggest one, time. Yeah. Uh, there's legal ramifications of going through someone's back door, depending on which country you're in. It, there's, yeah. There are many challenges. And it sounds like large-scale impact is where you'd like to be. Yeah. So if we did this in real time, if I said to you, Tony, you need to get 25 cities onto your idea of how a line should be done, and you need to get them on board within three three years. Yeah. What would you tell me? How would you tell me you'd get 25 cities? Because you're a networker, you're a connector. Your value is, honestly, and I'm not, this is not being a mean thing, is the ability to bring people together, to find people, to connect. You are, you are powerful in that way. How do you get 25, not Manila? Not Manila. You don't not want, just you don't Manila. Manila is one. <laughs> now you need 24. How, yeah. how can... The systems and structure that you put in place, if I, if I had to, and I'm, please take this just as a nice way, it's just a bad yeah. analogy. If I took a gun to your head and said, Tony, in, you have to have 25 different large-scale projects going on within three years that are on the move because it'll be 10 years for development or, or 15, depending on how long, how big, how, what scale. What would you tell me? How would you tell me you would get 25? Okay. So uh, I'm not sure 25 is the, the, the right target for the coming 30, three years, but, but we are on this trajectory and I do have two answers to you, probably okay. three. Um, three answers. I'd take three. One is the greater Bay Area. There's a very good reason why I actually called my you know, name my company after the original urban tech with impact company after the greater Bay area it, as being the meg, biggest mega city in the building with all these companies and all these great numbers, wherever you go in the world, even if you go to Manila, you know, where about 20 to 30 million people live, 
but you say that you know you come from a region where seven million seventy million people live and you know moving into these cities and it's mm-hmm. actually sustainable and it's actually growing you know well and and look at Shenzhen you know a newly built city with a waste to energy um, uh, uh, power plant uh, with all electric buses you know like and and China is not you know Luxembourg, right? It, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> and and I actually spoke to Luxembourg exactly on this pro, on on yeah. something related to this. Okay. Yeah. So so my my point is it's 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 still you know China is still a country even though it's it has grown dramatically fast and large and and in certain areas wealthy but it's a country that that developing nations can relate. To so so you're of- you're you're saying that your first initiative is to do the greater bay because you can do multiple projects in that region because it's an an amazing reference point basically for any any Okay, so that's your one that's your one off example. It's a case study. It's a case study. Right, it's a one off example. But so so regaining, doesn't China you know, like, doesn't have China something have to do with this the 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 government of China have a lot to do with what technology whose technology is going to be selected yes but Siemens has been in 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 the Pearl River Delta for more than 120 years and and they are very very strong in China so despite despite you think that you know China only applies Chinese technology it's it's just not true no no I didn't mean they applied their technology they pick the winner well yes and and there's but you know there's competition between between Siemens and Siemens's international and local competitors and you know the best technology uh, ultimately wins uh, if it's sold the right way I, you know I, I don't I don't think it it really def- defers whether this is happening in China or in the U.S. Quite frankly, uh, yeah, I'm no, not sure really what same, you're referring to. Yeah. It's it's but, similar but, all over. I I just so you're picking the Greater Bay Area. So the that's Greater Bay be Area one-off. is a reference. So Greater Bay Area for me always stood as a place to build uh, knowledge and 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 references that are credible and relevant anywhere in the world. Okay, I'm I'm still in this. Let's make this. You know, I want to work on something universal. Greater Bay Area is actually pretty universal. And let's not talk about the politics of Hong Kong for for a moment we could of course but until let's say a year ago hong kong has been absolutely recognized by everyone in the world as an international i almost cry at night how the the, the mtr and the the lifestyle and the people it's a it, i i don't know of any place in the world that mirrors the type of lifestyle we've had in hong kong period yes Yes, I just I I've, people ask me all the time. There's nobody. There's no place in the world that you can get that density to go up to Lang Kui Fung and see everybody within correct. a seven minute walk. Correct. And so, density, density is value, and density is efficiency. Uh, and 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 I think you know one of density is actually a very important uh, point in you know if you ask any sustainable uh, okay. development advisor or the UN, density is actually desirable. Uh, in the U.S., density has been declining uh, over over the past decades, and and that brings a lot of inefficiencies, a lot of waste, and 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 not sustainable urban development because you invest more in in infrastructure, uh, you 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 burn more uh, fuel in 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 transportation, and so on and so on and so on. Well, I, I think that I think a bigger a better 
a way to give an, a way to look at this in my end is that the United States has, I think, 11 or 12 cities with over 1 million people. And China has, depending on who, who's counting, it's anywhere from 150 to 300 cities over a million people. Right. So the comparison of density, there's no comparison, China to the rest of the world. Correct. Um, now, let's, let's not talk about the Greater Bay Area again once, but it's a reference point. Okay, okay. so that that's your one off. Point. That, that, that is, you know, this is where I build my urban tech understanding. And that, then if I go to San Francisco, people say, wow. If I go to uh, Manila, people say, wow. And, and that for me, as a, from a personal perspective, this was important. Okay, how can I get 25 cities, you know, around me? Just referring to your question, I, had, I have to be credible. And I have to come from a credible place. Greater Bay Area is a credible place as far as urban tech and urban development. Uh, uh, it's why the MTR has done well and expanded out because it had it, it had uh, the MTR. Uh, so they've been able to spread their wings all over. So Correct. so your one is Correct. one is Greater Bay. How what would the other two? Um, the other is you need an actual example, just like the the metro line in in Manila, uh, or 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 working on on the new capital of of Indonesia. Uh, you need a visible good case study uh, as either an investor or an advisor uh, to build applicable uh, and scalable practices. Because once again, you, when you build, let's say, the most efficient uh, metro line in the world, then it is something you can then rally other cities around. This is how you build a metro line. And these are the okay. technologies you're using. This is how you scale it. So right now, the work we are in, and we are actually you know, quite beautifully in, in conversation, contact of, of various degrees uh, with, with either governments or other entities, other drivers of projects uh, to, to bring technology and innovation that can, that can make such projects more efficient um, and, and more sufficient, obviously, with, with, with measurable uh, CO2 emission reduction. Um, and that's what we're working on. I think the moment we have that case study, then we can start counting the three years that you're mentioning um, to, to rally maybe not even 25, maybe 100. I don't know how many cities, but, but then we can. Um, and number three is, which kind of overrides everything, because with only that, it is already possible. It is just capital and scale of capital. And that is carbonless um, in, in a nutshell, and we arrived there uh, ultimately. That that carbonless is an is a is a specialized advisory and investment platform uh, for carbon emission reduction. And when I say capital, what we are working on right now goes beyond um, my my traditional um, my traditional understanding of the capital. An investment scene, which is uh, which is venture capital, uh, but as I refer to green finance um, and and green bonds, uh, which are very specialized um, uh, kind of instruments and, and sectors of the finance space, um, are a way to actually build build leverage. To bring people together uh, and to 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 advocate for 
for more sustainable technologies. And that's why uh, I am uh, going for uh, this uh, capital uh, capacity. So, uh, so under when, when you use this, if you're using 30 years and you go from yeah. working backwards and it takes 10 yeah. years, for example, for a rail a light to get approvals yeah. to move through, especially in large urban cities, you you can't get off in the right of right of way because existing infrastructure is in place. You let's use the 10 year metric for especially yeah. large scale projects. You're looking at the ability to put in. You could do a hundred, but the odds are you can't hit those numbers unless you really get the acceleration now. And your your term carbon less, and you you say it in a way which you shared with me when I asked what this meant, is you said less carbon. When you look at the ESG goals, you look at the seventeen directives from the United Nations. When you look at the Paris Climate Accord, is your is your contribution to impact just the reduction of carbon? Or? I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> Isn't that enough? Isn't well, that I don't enough? know because reduction, reduction, if the rest of the world around you is increasing, it, um, that's why I asked you early on, like, what would the impact me? What would that definition be? Is it, is it to reduce an entire industry? Is it to reduce a certain component? So putting in rails that put in less uh, is, I, that's why I wanted to know, where, where does your scale? How large is this? What do you want to as, reach? As, as, as high as possible, David. Really, I, I'm, I'm not joking here. You know, like first, first, I, first I want to start with a couple of 10 million US dollar uh, venture investment fund, but or already with the kind of people, and this is the reason why you have not heard me talking about carbon less, because you know this is a this is a term I came up with only the beginning of this year, and this thesis has been evolving over the past six months through interactions with some of the smartest and most capable and best people I ever been is it, is, interacting is it a, with my life. Is it and, a, uh, the, is the it scale a new is tech? incredible. Is it, it a it, new it, is it a new technology that the that these rails run on completely different structures than we have today? No, it's what? like it's like it's like you, you always in you always install and use the latest and best, right? This is an evolving So uh, what it, what scene. today is the in Manila, let's take this project. In Manila, will it look like a light rail system? Or it, will it look like a, a sci-fi system? It won't look like a sci-fi system. That's for sure. And 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 just to give you you know one example to 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 the question you asked, like what is the latest and best? And you know like uh, there's there's a technology called direct air capture. And I think you know if if the solar panels are not good enough examples, I think this is a good enough example that a couple of years ago, let's say ten years ago. Uh, there was already technology that was sucking CO2 directly out of the air. Yeah. It, it was just very expensive. Yeah, it takes energy. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it costs 600 US dollars per metric ton of CO2. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Um, and there's a company now called uh, Global Thermostat, uh, that managed to bring that price down to 
100 US dollars. And according to their own statement, uh, they have the capacity to bring it down to 50. And the, the target uh, metric and the target price is 20 US dollars uh, per metric ton. And if you ask why um, Microsoft, for example, launched a 1 billion US dollar venture fund specialized for such technologies is exactly to provide the kind of scale and, and, and capital on scale that enables uh, that price reduction uh, to ultimately happen. Uh, the technology seems to be out there. The people have been working on this and, and such technologies for decades. The, the commitment of capital and the scale of installation application has not been there. I want to be part of uh, a community uh, a group of people, and, and this group is growing actually extremely fast, um, that that contributes to create that scale on my best capacity, whether it will result in a 10 million US dollar venture fund or a billion US dollar, uh, uh, you know, multi-purpose investment vehicle, I have no idea. I will just do my best to to get to to the biggest possible scale. The, the oh they they have the same, one of the same graphics we use in Project Moonhead on their website. The the challenge with many of these technologies comes down to the cost of energy, yeah. and that's one of the things that we have in Project Moonhead as we do talk about. What's an example would be uh, solar is uh, solar satellites that can direct energy down to Earth, very inexpensive. When you're up in space, saddle, uh, solar technology does not corrode. It doesn't have the same, same challenges that we have on Earth. And if we can get our energy down, we could run these type of devices. The question then becomes time. When? When do we think that these things will come about? Because we are up against the time crunch. And the unfortunate thing about climate change is if we solve it, everybody would say, see, there was nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah, see, it That's never a, came. There was no yeah, climate change. You almost have to let it happen and then say, say, I don't know, we can't even say today. <laughs> and my, nice. my game, well, it, it, it's part of the challenge is the game is how do we do this faster? And that's what I, if you want to say one thing that rattles in my head, and that's what even the word redefining is, and the tool isn't paid to think, you ask the question, how can you do it in one half the time? How can you do it with one quarter of the resources, one tenth the capital uh, to get, get 20 times or 50 or 100 times more productivity out of it? So when I look at an idea, I'm asking myself, how do we accelerate this? So if Tony Verb has a way by reducing car well carbon less, see carbon less kind of in my mind goes to like getting it to zero, but yours is just a reduction, and I don't mean that a negative. I'm just saying it's it's not a zero or a negative uh, negative factor on the curve. It's so how do we get fifty Tonys out there? So fifty different rail systems reduce the use of carbon in their environment yeah 
And with the positive net gain of 80 million people onto the planet every single year, we're, we're fighting a battle that's almost like the, uh, the gorge in China. The water keeps on coming no matter how much we try to control it. Yeah, yeah. And how do you stop that? So, it, it, tell me what uh, well, we can, what, what is 2050 going to be like for you? Or 2047? When you, what is, <laughs> what, what is, what is the end game? What are we going to see in carbon less at 2047? Um, I, I really hope that it's, it's, it will be a, um, and you know, I'm, I'm beyond the, the times when I had a kind of self-centered aspirations or, or I wanted to be famous or, 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 or all those things. Um, uh, I, all I, all I want is the, hopefully my children, maybe already my grandchildren recognize me as someone who who managed to contribute to, to the change that we just talked about. Uh, and ideally also uh, an industry. Um, and obviously if we do our work right, and our work is mainly, and, and how I define my work, is to be able to direct as much capital as possible into um, carbonless uh, technologies, solutions, projects, uh, I don't have a metric on that. I will just go for as much as possible. Uh, and, and it will be recognized. And I, I will be remembered and considered as a, as an individual with integrity and commitment to this space. And that's partly why I'm having this conversation with you because I know it, it actually goes, goes out to the world, uh, one day. And I want to be held accountable that, that I, I have to do this. I want to have to do this uh, because I know this is the thing that I, 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 this is the thing I have to do <laughs> simply. Um, and, 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 and that's it. I want to look back to, to those 30 years in, in 2047 and, and say I've done my best. Uh, I've had a good journey in life. Uh, and if I look at the metrics out there and, uh, Carbon emissions. I I want it to be at least close to the targets that you know the Paris Agreement set out, and uh, we we avoided climate catastrophe ideally. And I will be very happy if that is the case, and knowing that I've had a tiny contribution to that. The uh, was was it the our chat group for the greater salon or whatever. Yeah. I'd like to, I, I'd like to find your contribution in terms of what you said would be written on your tombstone. And I'm going to try to find to see what was written on that. I wrote. And I think you, you remember? remember mine, mine, mine created a little bit of a stir. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Tony, I appreciate you taking the time to work on this to come up with some of the some insights into some of the changes that we need to be addressing on this planet and from all different perspectives as as humans to create a different uh, or to redefine tomorrow so uh, for that i thank you
And is, I thank you for having me. Is there one way that individuals could get a hold of you? Um, I think the easiest thing probably is the, is LinkedIn. I, I I check it every day, like like uh, like anyone else with Instagram and Facebook, which I don't. Uh, so LinkedIn is a good place. I'm very responsive. Uh, I'm also happy to share my email address uh, sure. through your platform. So I'm I'm always very. Open. So what's the what's your email? Uh, Tony T O N Y at Greater Bay dot C O. Thank you, Tony. And thank you, David. I appreciate it. So always remember, you can't fix yesterday. You can only create tomorrow. And if you're interested in connecting with me, you connect with me at david at davidgoldsmith.com. I'm on Instagram at Mr. David Goldsmith. I am on LinkedIn with all the hashes and forward slash David Allen Goldsmith. Uh, Twitter at Goldsmith. Uh, it is at Goldsmith. So you could find me in many play on many different platforms, and I'm here for you. So to everybody, I'm David Goldsmith, and thank you for listening. <laughs>